talk about goal setting. Um, so Holly's going to flick to the agenda. So four things that I'm going to talk about. If you have attended any of my sessions before, you will know I tend to keep it very, very simple. And as Gwen said, the slides are going to come down in a second. So I am going to make another plea for you to move on to your videos where you can. We're going to cover four things. Why setting goals is so important. Why we don't always achieve our goals and what might stop us from achieving our goals. And I'm going to get you onto the chat um, just to, to kind of get out there and put out there why you might struggle achieving your goals. And I know some of you cannot always use the chat, but uh, be great if you can where you can. We're going to talk about the principles of good goal setting. So what makes a good goal? And we're actually going to talk about goal setting theory. Now, it's not as dry as it sounds. Most of you will already be aware of good goal setting because a lot of you will work in organizations that uses a goal setting framework called SMART. So SMART objectives, a number of you might be familiar with that. Um, I'm going to give you a differing view. I'm going to give you an Edwin Locke goal setting theory. And then lastly, I'm going to give you some techniques for commitment and for implementation. So that's the agenda. Right. So Holly is now going to pull down the slides. So I am going to ask you, those of you who are not putting your videos on and I can see all your names, if you can, please switch them on. It's really helpful for me to actually engage and to be able to see people. Um, because it makes my life more interesting and it's just much easier for me. So where you can, please, please stick your videos on. Thank you very much. I would, I really appreciate it. It's nice to see so many smiling faces on this Thursday. So um, let's talk about why goal setting is important. So I'm going to give you three statistics. So firstly, we know that we are 60% more likely to achieve an outcome if we set a goal against it. So we're 60% more likely to achieve an outcome if we set a goal against it. So that's the first one. The second one is we are 30% more likely to achieve a goal. So we've set a goal, we have a high level goal, we're 30% more likely to achieve it if that goal is specific. So if it's clear, we are clear on that goal and it's time bound. So actually there is an end goal or there's an end date to that goal. And the last one is actually really quite a compelling piece of information, which is we are 65% more likely to achieve our goals if we tell someone else about our goal. Um, and actually, this is often brought to life for me because I always think about people that talk about running a marathon, you know, so people that talk about running a marathon and going out there and running a marathon. And, you know, I, I have absolute kudos for those people because it's not something I can do. But I've known people who've talked about going to run a marathon. And then I've known people that have talked about going to run a marathon then they've gone, they've joined up, then they've gone on social media and they've said, I'm going to run the marathon. They've talked about the charity they're going to be running the marathon for. They've got donations in and sponsorship in. They've talked about their progress on social media and then they've run the marathon. 
Now, the reality is when we start to tell people that we are going to do something, our credibility is at stake. So we are 65% more likely to achieve our goals if we tell one or more people. So why is goal setting so important? Now, if you've done any research, you know, and I would encourage you to do some research on this because it's a really interesting topic. There are lots and lots of reasons why it's important, but I'm going to give you four. So number one, as we have just said, you are much more likely to achieve an outcome if you genuinely set a goal against it. Put another way, you can't achieve a goal if you haven't set one. So one is about motivation and achievement. The second one is about performance. Now, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to talk about goal setting theory by a brilliant man called Edwin Locke, who was born in 1938 and in the 60s did some research around goal setting theory. And actually, in his studies, what he tells us is that goals that are specific and challenging lead to higher performance 90 percent of the time. So broadly, if you set a goal, your performance increases as a result of setting that goal. So we set a specific and challenging goal, it leads to higher performance 90% of the time. The other important thing about goal setting is it increases our self-esteem and it increases our confidence. So again, if we think about when we set a goal, a goal gives us purpose. It gives us something to aim for. We have something in our line of sight. And actually what we do is we set the goal, we achieve the goal and we get that positive feedback. You know, we think about how proud we are to achieve that goal, particularly if it's a challenging goal, particularly if we know we found the journey of meeting that goal really quite difficult. So we set a goal, we achieve the goal, we get positive feedback and then we do it again and again and again. Set goal, achieve goal, positive feedback. And that positive feedback loop increases our self-esteem because we realize that we can do it. Our self-belief and our self-worth increases and our self-confidence increases as well because we trust that actually we've done this goal setting thing. We've achieved these goals. We've knocked it out of the park. So we know it's something we can do. So that's the third reason. And then the last reason is it's habit forming. So the mere act of actually setting a goal starts to create changes in your neural pathways. It starts to make you think differently. You start to then go through the actions of meeting that goal, working out how you're going to achieve it, breaking old habits that might be unhelpful to you. And then after a period of, and actually the minimum period is 66 days, and I will talk about this later, but after 66 days, we've then really integrated that goal. It becomes a habit and then it becomes so much easier because once something becomes a habit rather than a conscious act, it's much easier to achieve. So we know that goal setting now is important because it increases our motivation, it increases our performance, it increases our self-esteem and it increases our ability to make new and more helpful habits. So I'm going to ask at this point in time, please, I'm going to get you on the chat for those of you who can get on the chat. I wanted to talk about what stops you, what stops you from meeting your goals. So have a think. 
Think about some goals that you've had. Think about some goals that perhaps may have not have been quite as successful for you. And if you could pop in the chat, please, what stopped you? There's no right or wrong answer on this one. You know, what stopped you from meeting your goals? Goals are no longer a priority. Thank you, Naomi. Distractions. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, procrastination. Oh, that's an interesting waiting, waiting on others. Rachel, you would say that. <laughs> Dependencies one cannot control. OK, yeah. What else have we got? Keep the answers coming in. Lack of confidence, Leanne. OK, thank you for that, for being honest. Waiting for people's approval. OK, I take it that's a process approval. Fear of accomplishment. Lovely. Carol, that's that's really nice. We're going to talk a little bit about that. OK, not investing the time. Brilliant. And actually, Sarah, that's really, really. Oh, and too many goals. Yeah, me too. Rachel, I have a real habit. I'll talk about my habit of setting a dozen goals every year and then wondering why I came up with this magic number of 12. Often prioritization not enough time um do trying to do you know too much not investing the time and thank you sarah for not invest saying not investing the time as opposed to i just don't have enough time you know that prioritization element these are all things that actually can stop us from setting and achieving goals so Research tells us there's two reasons why we don't achieve goals. One is a sort of process. So we don't actually set a goal or we don't set a good goal. So let's think about this when it comes to your goals, because as Gwen said, in this context, I'm not talking about going into your um, organizational framework at the beginning of every year and writing your objectives and stick it in the tool because that's what you're required to do. I'm talking about your personal goals. So this is about how do you want 2023 to work for you? So I'm gonna ask you some questions. You don't have to respond on chat, just some things to think about. Do you set personal goals? So firstly, do you actually set yourself goals? Number one. Number two, if you do, if you do set yourself personal goals, again, maybe related to your personal life, maybe related to your professional life, do you actually make them specific? Do you make them time bound? Do you measure your own goals? Do you have success criteria for your own personal goals if you do my next question to you is do you write them down do you write your own personal goals down and i bet there's a lot of you going mm, yeah probably not so much i might there we go i see the occasional shaking of head thank you very much at least i feel like i'm getting that positive reinforcement you know, a lot of clients that I talk to are like, yeah, no, I don't. And it's really odd, right? Because actually we spend so much time in the workplace really defining good, smart goals that actually enable us to be successful. Yet in our own personal lives, we probably either don't set goals, don't set smart goals and certainly don't write the goals down. So do you write goals down? And the last thing to think about is do you tell other people about your own personal goals? Um, and again, sometimes we shy away from doing that. You know, Carol was generous enough to say, maybe there's a fear of actually achieving my goals. 
Other people have said, well, gosh, you know, what if I don't achieve my goals? So if I don't tell anyone, I won't feel badly because I haven't achieved my goal. So there's a few reasons there. You know, they are a lot of the reasons why we don't set and achieve goals. And then the second thing is about our environment, setting ourselves up for success to actually achieve those goals. And I'm going to give you a couple of tools and techniques towards the end of this session. So we've talked about why is goal setting so important, why it's so compelling. Again, just as a reminder, setting a goal means you're 60% more likely to achieve the outcome that you want. We've talked a little bit about why, why we don't achieve our goals and what might stop us. I'm now going to talk about goal setting theory, but before I do, we're going to bring Jason in. Um, and he's going to talk, <laughs> nicely side posting to Jason. He's going to talk a little bit about, he's going to give us a little bit of an explanation as to who he is and the role that he plays in Armstrong. Well, he's going to talk about his experience setting and achieving goals. <laughs> Thanks, Cressida. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Jason Bruss. Um, I've been in the finance industry for well too long, so I, I won't date myself, but uh, I've, I've had stints at, at many of the largest investment banks. Credit Suisse, BNP Paribas, uh, Barclays, and and now Nomura. Um, across all various uh, ranges, from sales training to business management, chiefs of staff, and and COO. So, I think uh, they had asked me to kind of talk a little bit about um, how how you could use goal setting and 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 how you can further your career, um, or at least my my take in in how you can further your career. Uh, at at a bank or, or or anywhere that you are, and and my number one thing that I always tell uh, my directs and 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 the ones underneath them is take ownership of your career, right? Make it a priority because um, no one else is going to do it for you, right? So you have to be aggressive in in that in that realm, and and setting goals is one of those ways of of doing it, right? If if your goal is to be progressed throughout the firm, move up up the chain, get a promotion. No one is going to do it for you, so you better take ownership of that and and make that a a priority in your in your realm. So how how do you go about doing that? And you know, I I, I always say there's there's really four things around that. One, network, network, network. Uh, you can't do it enough, right? The more you know, the more people you know across not just in your own businesses, but across various other areas, it increases not just your opportunities, but it increases your value, increases your notoriety within the firm. So, you know, if the more you can network, the, the better it is. And, and, and it doesn't matter if it's if it's with the upper echelon or the lower echelon or it's in ops or it's in the front office and stuff like that. Do it. And hopefully throughout that process, you might find a few mentors or champions or, or two or three that can help spread your 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 value, your notoriety throughout the firm. Because as I said, the, the more you're known within, the, the easier it is to progress your your and take ownership of your own career. Uh, the other aspect, and I think you've heard it from Crescent as well, speak up, ask, be aggressive. Um, I, I say this not, not just to all my directs, but but also to my to my female directs. Um, they don't speak up as much. They don't. They're not as aggressive. They don't ask as much. Don't assume others know what you want, right? You know, throw your ideas out there, ask for the promotion, ask for the job, ask for the project, you know, ask for the pay, right? You know, be, be aggressive in that, right? If, if you don't ask, don't, don't assume others know what you want and, and where you want to be. And you, once again, you can put that into, a, into setting a goal. Um, 
another area that, that I, I do spend a lot of time talking to, to people about is know your worth, right? Believe in yourself, right? Uh, don't self-sabotage yourself, you know, with self-doubt. You know, we, we saw it in the chat, you know, you know, I, I give up, I, I, you know, I doubt myself, right? You're in, you're in the position that you are, you're, you're in, you've gotten to, to where you are, know that you are competent and you, you can be successful and, and stretch yourself, right? Know that you, your value to that firm, know your value to the organization, know your value uh, across the thing and, and don't let doubt fall into the back of your mind and stop you from speaking up and stopping you from asking and stopping you from being aggressive. And then uh, finally, I, I, I put down, you know, constantly grow, um, at least in the finance industry, and I'm sure across many other industries, if, if you just continue doing what you're doing, you're falling behind because the industry is constantly growing. There's always new ways of doing things, new things going on. You know, if you just look back, you know, when I first started, you know, Excel VBA was how we built, you know, trading platforms. Now, now, if you look at it, you know, Python is, is, is the cutting edge. And we had many other types of, of, of programming languages between that. Or look at blockchain and, and how that's changed. Or just look at the reg, reg changes, you know, from, from Basel 1 all the way up to Basel 3. Things are constantly changing. So change with them. Know what's going on. You know, stay relevant. Because the more relevant you are helps add to your value. There will be others in your firm that might not be staying up uh, and staying relevant. And, and when you're in that room and you're speaking up and you're being aggressive, It'll continue to add your value and thing and, and help you kind of take ownership of your career. And, and as I said, make it a priority. Like everybody says, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym and lose 10 pounds this year or, or whatever it is. Nobody ever says like, I'm going to make MD in three years, right? So, so make that a priority and then come up with uh, objectives and goals to how to, how to achieve it. And, and number one, believe in yourself. Thank you so much, Jason. Some very inspiring words there. And I saw lots of you taking notes um, and some really great things to think about. And a lot I personally subscribe to. So thank you for those insights. Appreciate it. So we're going to talk a little bit about goal setting theory. Um, so, Holly, do you want to bring the slides back up again? There we go. So how do you actually set a good goal? Before we talk about how to achieve that goal, how do you set a good goal? And again, the reason why I stress this point is because, as I've mentioned earlier, yes, some of it is about the environment, but actually a lot of it is about the fact that we don't set ourselves goals and we don't set ourselves good goals. So what does a good goal look like to help you maximize your chance of achieving that goal? So firstly, it has to have clarity. Now, um, as I said, Edwin Locke is a psychologist and a pioneer in goal setting work. And there are some similarities between his model and models of things like SMART. And one of the key things in a lot of those models is your goal has to be clear. So when you're thinking about your goals, I want you to ask yourself, can I describe it to someone else? So if I set my goals, could I talk to Cressida about it? Could I stand behind it? Would it make sense? Would I convince Jason? Would I convince Gwen? Have I thought it through? So can you describe your goal to somebody else? Can you take action on the back of it? So is it clear enough that you can then say to yourself, OK, I kind of know what I've got to do now. You may not have a grand plan. That's absolutely fine. But is it roughly clear to me how to now move forward with this goal? 
The next thing to think about is what does success look like? You know, Jason's talked about this. How will you know you are successful? Maybe it's pretty binary. Maybe it's I've got my promotion. Maybe it, you know, it's three years down the line and I got my managing director. Maybe actually it's slightly different. Maybe it's about how I feel, how you feel inside. You know, it might be actually I want to increase my confidence. So what does that look like? So those are some things to think about when it comes to clarity. Um, I would say at this point in time, it is useful to take a leaf out of the SMART uh, framework. Uh, again, if you're not familiar with SMART, it stands, it's an acronym. Um, it stands for SMART, SMART Measurable, Achievable. Uh, the R tends to vary a little bit. Some think of it as realistic, some think of it as relevant, some think of it as recorded. And then the T stands for time bound. Um, I find it quite a rigid tool myself. I think it's great in the workplace, but for personal goals, you do at least want to think about when am I going to do this goal by? So is it time bound and how am I going to measure my success? The next thing to think about is, is my goal challenging? Now, you have to get the balance right on this one. You don't want it to be so challenging that actually you look and go, I don't even know where to start. That's where the, the overwhelm, you know, somebody earlier talked about overwhelm. It's where the overwhelm can come in. So you want to set yourself a goal that sparks your interest. So when you look at that goal, when you think about that goal, does it feel interesting? Does it create curiosity? Can you imagine what your life might be like or how you might feel after you've achieved that goal? So does the goal spark enough interest that actually it's challenging and it's interesting to you? Do you also know that if you achieve that goal, you would be happy because you'd pushed yourself that little bit more, but don't make it so challenging that it's out of reach. The next thing that Locke um, talks about is commitment. So a good goal is also includes good commitment, which we all know sometimes motivation gets in the way. So what are the things that you can think about to increase your commitment when it comes to goal setting? So number one, visualization. And we're going to do a visualization session in a second. So how will it feel for you once you've reached that goal? What will that look like? Second thing to think about is reward. How are you going to reward yourself when you achieve this goal? And this isn't just a in three years time, I'm going to, you know, give myself a pat on the back or, you know, whatever it may be. It's what are the interim steps? Reward mechanisms are often used very effectively um, in things like weight loss programs in kind of Weight Watchers or Noom type things, you know, the concept of I've achieved my goal for the week because goals can be big and small. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so actually think about some small reward mechanisms that will help you along the way and look forward to those and write them down, plan for them as well. The next thing is break your goal down. So, you know, I run my own business, having spent 26 years, you know, similar to, to Jason, actually similar to, similar career. It started in sales and trading, worked my way up, ended up working for the board at HSBC, going from an environment where actually success was pretty clear to then running my own business. Very challenging, very different and a lot of self-motivation required. So I set yearly goals 
but I break them down. I then break them down into quarterly goals and then I break them down into weekly and daily mini goals. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that approach later on, but you have to break it down so that actually you're achieving things on a regular basis. The next the next thing that Locke talks about is feedback. Now, if you're in a team setting, if you are thinking about how to set goals for your team, clearly you must ensure that you get feedback from your team. You know, as Gwen said, you are either leaders or, you know, would be leaders. Get the feedback. Are the goals reasonable? Are they sensible? Are they challenging? Will you all feel good about achieving those goals as a team? If you're thinking about yourself, Again, review your goals. Feedback to yourself. How are these goals working for me? And I would stress that concept of review is really important. Again, for any of you, you know, working in a large organization, we all have a habit of plugging our goals in. I remember what this was like at HSBC. I plugged my goals in by the end of January because that's when I was told I had to get them done by. And then I probably looked at my goals and objectives maybe at the mid-year point because that's when I had my mid-year appraisal and I certainly looked at them at the end of the year. Get into the habit of looking at your goals regularly and reviewing them regularly. And then the last piece is about complexity. Keep it simple. So I mentioned earlier to Rachel when she said too many goals. I am absolutely somebody from that school of thinking. I used to set myself oddly 12 goals every year when I worked in the roles that I did, particularly at HSBC. For somehow 12 was a really good number for me. And then I looked at other people's goals and they had like five or six. And I'm like, OK, so am I just setting myself, not setting myself up for success? Why do I feel this need to have so many goals? So keep it simple. I set three, maybe four goals for my business and that's it. And I really focus on those. So don't overload yourself. Keep it simple. Don't push yourself too hard. So that's Edwin Locke's goal setting theory. So what we're now going to do, hang on, go back one, Holly, go back one. Right. So what we're actually going to do, and in fact, it doesn't really matter what slide you see, but I don't want you to see the next slide and get distracted by it. We're going to do a little bit of visualization. So I'm going to coach you or you are going to, to a certain degree, coach yourself here. So. For those of you writing stuff down, put your pens down, put your pads down, get off your keyboard. For those of you who I can't see and who may be sneakily on your keyboard. And what I would like you to do, please, is I want you to plant both feet firmly on the floor. Um, so get your feet firmly planted on the floor. There you are. Thank you very much for joining in. And I want you to feel Feel the feeling of the carpet or the wood flooring, whatever it is you have underneath. You feel it underneath your feet. Scrunch the carpet, which is what I'm doing now. And the reason I'm getting you to do this is I'm getting you to connect with the physical, to connect with your current environment. What I would also like you to do now is sit back in your chair and I would like you to take some deep breaths. So breathe in through your nose and then breathe out through your mouth. And sorry for those of you listening to me breathing. And again, breathe in through your nose 
and then breathe out through your mouth. And I'm going to get you to do it one more time, please. Breathe in through your nose and then breathe out through your mouth. What I'm now going to ask you to do, if you feel comfortable doing it, is to close your eyes. Because we're going to go through a visualization and closing your eyes will help you focus on what I'm going to ask you to do. So close your eyes and I want you to think. Think about a goal that you want to achieve next year. So you're thinking about 2023. Think about a goal that you want to achieve next year. What I would like to think you about to ask you to think about now is if you and I were in a room together, what would you tell me about that goal? How would you describe that goal to me? So tell me about that goal. So what I'd like you to think about now is how will you know that you have achieved that goal? What might that look like for you? I'd now like you to think about when. When are you going to achieve this goal? So now you know when you're going to achieve that goal, I would like you to fast forward. So I want you to put yourself in the position of that date, of that date, of that month, when you know you're going to achieve this goal, you're now at that date. So you have now achieved this goal. And what I would like you to do is to imagine Talking to other people, to your friends, to your family, to your boss, to your colleagues about achieving this goal. I want you to imagine telling them what you've done. I want you to imagine talking about how you went about achieving your goal. And then lastly, I want you to think about how has achieving that goal made you feel? How do you feel knowing that you've achieved that goal? Think about the sense of purpose. Think about the pride that you have in yourself. Think about the sense of achievement for achieving that goal and reflect on how that feels. So I'm going to pause there. I'm going to ask you to open your eyes and thank you very much for taking part in our visualization exercise there. If there's anything that springs to mind that you that occurred to you whilst you were thinking about that, feel free to pop it down on your pad and on your paper. And we're now going to go to the last part, which is techniques for achieving your goals. So the first thing that I am going to say before we move on to the next slide is 
to everything that Jason and Gwen has said earlier. I can give you strategies. I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what works for me. And these are strategies that have worked for me. But the reality is the only person that can make you achieve your goals is you. These are not silver bullets. In fact, you will look at some of these strategies and go, oh, OK, that's really quite simple. That's really, you know, common sense. You are the person that carves out your own success. You are the person that will decide whether or not you want to make 2023 your year or not. That's up to you. So I want you to think now, if you genuinely want to make 2023 the year that is your year of success, I want you to say to yourself, 2023 will be the year that I choose me. So 2023 will be the year that I choose me. And particularly for those of you and some of you I know who put everybody else ahead of you, who never prioritize yourself, that one's for you. 2023 will be the year that I choose me. So we're going to talk about some strategies here. Now, before I do, and, and Ollie, can you move on to the next slide, please? Thank you very much. I am going to fully and freely admit these are not my strategies. So I'm going to give you a really great book. Whilst you're all enjoying your mince pies over Christmas, I'm going to give you some Christmas reading. Um, so I love a book called The 5am Club. Um, it's by uh, a gentleman called Robin Sharma. Some of you may have heard of Robin Sharma. He has a number of books. He's a leadership guru. Uh, he wrote a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I certainly, this is the first book I've read of Robin Sharma's. Um, and as the name would suggest, the 5am club is actually about starting your day at 5am. And I will be very freely, I would freely admit, I do not start my day at 5am. That's a bridge too far for me. But actually has some really interesting techniques to help you be more effective. These are not new. He's got a unique spin on it. Um, but these are the ones that I like. Thank you very much, Gwen. She's there like a shot on Amazon. <laughs> of course. Um, these are the ones that I like and actually I use. So the weekly design system, 1991, the daily five are strategies. The 66 day minimum is about habit forming. So I'll talk about that one at the end. So this is really about time blocking and prioritization. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is the weekly design system. This is really simple. So we are obviously on a Thursday. So tomorrow I will tell you what I do. About lunchtime, it's normally the time that I do it. I take 30 to 45 minutes, depending. Um, but I block out 45 minutes in my diary every Friday without fail. And I do it at Friday lunchtime. I do not do this on a Friday evening because by the time it comes to Friday evening, I'm done. And what I really want is a glass of wine. So try and do this if you can earlier on in the Friday. And what I do is I reflect on my week and I might journal a little bit. But what I reflect on is what went well and what didn't go well. Now, that's not in the broadest sense. That is when it comes to achieving your goal. So when you went through that exercise earlier of thinking about that goal, that's what you should be thinking about. What have I done this week to help me progress that goal? 
what worked well that I did this week, what didn't work well. And then think about what actions do I have to take next week again to help me reach that goal? Was there anything that actually happened this week? I didn't note it down. I've got to take an action next week. And then I start to plug that in. Then I start to think about what is it that I actually want to do in the following week? So I have a very simple process here. Um, whatever you use, whether it's a manual book, a diary, Outlook, a Google Calendar, whether it's a Word document, whether it's a to-do pad, whatever it is that you use, figure out the tool that's best for you. What I do is two things. I use Outlook Calendar because I am an avid fan of Outlook for all of its flaws. And I also use an Excel spreadsheet, which is laid out like a calendar. So it has Monday through till Friday on my Excel. No problem, Akil. No worries. Um, and so what I do is I start to plug the actions that I'm going to take for the following week in my Excel spreadsheet. So you must plan what it is that you want to achieve in the following week that will help you reach your goal. Block out time. I know time is, uh, is a commodity that we never have enough of. But as I've said, it's never really about time. It's about prioritization. And I know you're all busy and I know you have lots of people that probably stick stuff in your diary. And I understand that. But if you want to reach your goal, you have to make time for it. So block out time. So, for example, if I decide that actually next week I want to spend an hour researching Edwin Locke's goal setting theory because I'm doing a masterclass with Armstrong Wolf, I will block it out in my diary. Um, and I tend to use the view that if it's more than an hour, it goes in my diary. If it's less than an hour, you know, it's debatable as to whether I put it in. You have to work out what works for you. So block out time to do some of these things um, and then work out the steps that you need to take in order to achieve that action and then plug it into your weekly design system. So, again, if my example is I need to do some research, I block the time out in my diary and then I talk about the research and put it into my weekly design system. So go onto this Google page, read this book and so on. It's quite prescriptive, quite detailed. But if you are going to achieve a goal, you have to have a plan. It's really, really simple as that. And by spending time each Friday to work out what worked and didn't work the previous week and then plug in your actions and what you're going to do the next week, you significantly increase your chances of meeting that goal. So that's the first thing to think about. The second thing is the one below, and it's very simple. He calls it the daily five, which is quite a nice way of putting it. I call it five things a day. So when I am looking to meet a goal, so for example, as an entrepreneur, it might be increase my client base, you know, get more clients, increase my client base. So what I do is in my weekly design system, in my Excel spreadsheet every day, I put five things in that I am going to do that relate to that goal. And they may be really short, sharp things. They might be chase a contact that I've met the previous week. There could be 30 second actions, but I commit to five. And actually what it means is that by the end of the week, I've done 25 things 
that enable me to meet my goal. Now, if I said to you at the beginning of this session, I'm going to give you a tool, which means you're going to do 25 things every week that will help you achieve your goal. You'll go, great, I'll take that. Really simple. But the daily five, five things that you're going to do, short, sharp actions that will help you achieve your goal. The other benefit of the daily five, particularly if, again, you're using it in combination with the weekly design system, is that actually you have the ability to look back and to see everything that you've done. You can see your 25 in a week and then you can see your 25 from the previous week. So you can see your 100 actions that you've taken in a month. You know, it's a really good tool for actually celebrating the success that you've had. So that's the daily five. The next tool is what he calls 9091. Now, what this actually means, and I don't quite use 1990 in the same way that he does, but what it means is for 90 days, spend 90 minutes of your day doing one thing. Doesn't have to be the same thing, but one thing that enables you to reach your goal. So for 90 days, spend 90 minutes doing one thing that will enable you to reach that goal. Now, you might say, actually, 90 minutes is probably a bit long, if I'm honest. I can't, don't know if I can carve out 90 minutes. But let's say one of your goals is, you know, build my profile. I want to raise my profile next year. I want to be known by more people. Let's pick Jason's example of, you know, profile building and networking. I want to increase my networking. That's one that my clients talk to me about a lot. So, you know, for 90 days, maybe for 90 minutes or maybe 60 minutes or even 30 minutes a day, you're going to spend 30 minutes a day concentrating on that one goal and you're going to plug it into your weekly design system. You'll start to see they all coalesce. So you might think for 30 minutes, I'm going to stakeholder map and work out who I need to speak to. For the next day, you might spend those 30 minutes reaching out to some of those stakeholders. You might spend the next day 30 minutes actually speaking to somebody for 30 minutes that was on your list. So whether it's 30, 60, 90, that remains up to you. The other thing I would encourage you to think about is try and do this early on in the day if you can. Because research tells us by the time we get to later on in the day, we're tired, we're fatigued. If it requires brain power, we've, you know, our focus is less, we've got distractions, we've got decision fatigue. So if you can try and prioritize that one. So I do 60 minutes, not 90 minutes, but I do them at 8 a.m. and I do it every single day. So that's 1991. And then why was there a 90 at the beginning of that? What's the importance of those 90 days? Well, it relates to this last philosophy. This is not a strategy. It's about habit forming. So we know research tells us that in order to really uh, to really, really embed. Yeah, doing a little bit of NLP in order to really embed a goal. It takes 90 days to really make it into a habit. Um, now, Robin Sharma talks about the idea that actually it's somewhere between 66 and 90 days. So he calls it the 66 day minimum because sometimes it feels more achievable if it's 66 days. And I'll tell you what happens in those 66 days. So you start the year next year, you've got your weekly design system up and running, you're doing your, you know, 1991 or your version of, you've got your daily five. What happens is for the first 22 days, 
of your 66 day and making this a habit, it's really about what they call destruction. So breaking old habits, you know, not falling back, not failing on it, lifting yourself up. Robin Sharma talks about rising above your own gravity, stopping the little voice in your ear going, oh, I don't feel like it. You know, I don't want to go and speak to that person. I don't want to build the network. I'm not up for it today. 22 days. That's what it takes to stop an unhelpful habit, to start to build new ones. The next section of 22 days is installation. So this is about really starting to get used to the idea of this habit. It's now becoming a thing that you start to do. You don't have to think about it so much, but at the same time, the joy and the novelty is worn, worn off. So if you are one for, I'm running a marathon or I'm going to the gym, Normally, the second set of 22 days is when you get bored, when you get fed up, when you stop going to the gym quite so much, when actually you're just tired, fatigued, don't want to do it anymore. It's the messy period. So you have to stay resolute. And then the last 22 days are what he calls integration. So this is where you're like, OK, I've got through the tough time. I've got through the messy period. Now I'm starting to really refine this. I don't have to think about this anymore. I'm just doing it and you know and we know that research tells us this is how our brain works so I'm starting to refine this I'm really starting to make it my own it's starting to become natural to me you know I'm just my brain's just doing it and I don't have to tell it to do it anymore um, and then actually uh, thank you Gwen and then um, yeah, so then we know somewhere between 66 days and 90 days to really make that habit a true habit that you then stick to. So that's it from me. I'm conscious we've got a few minutes left, so if there's any questions. Um, hopefully that was useful to you. Thank you very much for listening. Gwen, I'm going to hand back to you. Thanks so much, Cressida. Gosh, I have a list now, my New Year's resolutions, which I will take 60 days to embed in my brain and then carry on doing it for the whole year. You know, I did that this year. I started going to the gym in June and I was like, never. And then actually now I'm actually going to the gym like I have to. Otherwise, my brain is telling me that I'm doing something naughty. So mm -hmm. it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yes. So, um, yeah, no, I love that. Thank you very much. Habit forming. That's what it's about. And actually putting yourself first, right? That's what I'm getting out of all of that today. It's, um, I think we're all smart enough to know that we need to set our goals. We do this for a living. <laughs> That's yeah, what we do. Absolutely. We set our goals for the business. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't really put ourselves first. And like Jason said, believe in yourself because actually you are in this job because you were recruited to be that very good person to do this job. We all believe in you. So you need to believe in yourself. And sometimes it's quite difficult to believe in yourself because you just don't really know what people are thinking of you or what you what you're really worth, which um sometimes it's good to be reminded out of all these things. So setting a goal, performance, positive feedback, habit forming, I think all that I got out of that. And then thanks to Jason, networking, networking, networking. I mean I can't I can't say enough about networking. In fact we have a networking uh, in London opportunity on the 19th of January. Then we're going to Zurich. If you have colleagues in Zurich as well who want to join the Women in Zurich community, by all means, let me know because we'll be going there in January as well. We're going to Singapore and we're going to New York in March. So by all means, when you see an invitation from 
WUKUK Women in SEO Community, um, and the opportunity to meet your colleagues and your peers by all means come. Thank you for that. So um, thank you, Cressida, as well. I think you've been tremendous this year. I look forward to working with you next year. Ultimately, Cressida, if you go back a slide, Cressida is really our coach. Um, and uh, it's just phenomenal at putting putting us into a zone. Ultimately, that's what, that's what career coaching is about. So if you are looking for a coach, if you are looking for somebody to support you with your goal setting and making sure these goals are therefore your priority, highly recommend you speak to Cressida directly. I sent Cressida's details, but it's just I just wanted to let you know that she is available for you as well, not just on these on these on these type of seminars. Thank you very much. Um, I was it's been absolutely wonderful to see you throughout the year. Lots of familiar faces on this call. Um, come back next year, but also let me know what you want to talk about. You know, it's uh, it's very important that you put your own topics to the fore. I talk to you all the all the time, but ultimately as a group. Um, it would be great to know what you would like to talk about for your own career growth, but also lots of different topics that may affect you and just need a group to discuss it with. So you are always more than welcome to come to me and ask for, for us to put topics together. And I also write quite a bit. So there are some magazines out there and then articles that you are more than welcome to read and hopefully help you in, in figuring out what other people are doing and how they they got to being a talent and transformation person or how they got to be an ND global head of business risk. Ultimately, that's what I'm here for.